Coming up on today's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, we'll continue to do a deep dive on the players that the Raiders have added this draft season. And today we'll turn our attention to undrafted free agent Dalton Wagner, the offensive lineman out of Arkansas, as Andrew Hutchinson. He'll join the show to talk all things Wagner. We'll have news and notes. We'll have your calls and texts. All coming up on Tuesday's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, May 9th, 2023. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Just win. The autumn wind is a raider. Pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. And welcome here, Raider Nation, to another edition of the Locked On Raiders Podcast. Thank you so much for making the show your first listen of the day. Make sure you subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts to get the latest edition of the show as soon as it drops. And of course, if you're checking us out on YouTube, many thanks to you. We're over 6,000 subscribers now, and that's because my guy Ari puts us up on YouTube each and every day. He does a fantastic job. So many thanks to you for listening and checking us out. And of course, many thanks to my man Ari at Ari Produces on Twitter for making sure we're up there looking good on YouTube each and every day. Today's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist who could take you on that journey of self-discovery from wherever you are. Visit BetterHelp.com slash locked on today to get 10% off your first month. We'll tell you a lot more about them following segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Want to go ahead and jump into the news and notes here. And I've said it multiple times that the Raiders will have their rookie minicamp at the end of the week, May 12th through 14th. We'll get a chance to actually talk to some of those rookies next week. We won't be able to be at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center for the minicamp to be able to observe what's going on. But following uh, the mini camp next week when the Raiders have one of their OTA sessions we will be able to be there be able to talk to some of the rookies and the veterans as well so you won't hear from any of the rookies until next week but you'll definitely hear from them at some point also something that the NFL confirmed on Monday that there was a little bit of question about is the NFL schedule it's officially going to be fully released on the 11th. That's Thursday. Uh, there was a little bit of question if the league was going to be ready in time. Peter King, Monday morning quarterback, does a fantastic job. He had put out uh, in his latest piece that he wasn't sure if the NFL was going to be ready on time, but they confirmed on Monday that they, in fact, will be ready on time. So Thursday, May 11th, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific time, the full schedule will be released for the 2023 season. And I'll tell you right now, man, the NFL, they got it going on, don't they? They are the ones that will get everyone excited they will give you a date to find out the dates right i mean think about it they'll they're we're finding out the dates on the 11th of the actual games now that doesn't mean that we're going to find out the you know what what uh what this team's going to look like or what any other team's going to look like but you just know when the games are going to be played what time they're going to be played at this that and the other and it's just an exciting time another step in the in the ramp up towards another nfl season but May 11th, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 Pacific. They'll uh, they'll be featured on NFL Network, NFL.com, NFL app, ESPN. It'll be everywhere. Any network that has sports will be all over the regular season schedule release. But the NFL does a great job in the slow drip process as well. So on the international games and Please believe the Raiders could be involved in international games. There was a report floating around Twitter uh, about a weekend or two ago that the Raiders will be playing Buffalo uh, overseas. So that's something to pay attention to. Don't know if that's true. Uh, It was something I mentioned. It was a rumor, but it was never confirmed. We'll find out on May 10th on NFL Network and ESPN. They'll let you know when the international games are. But that's not it. Also on May 10th, we'll find out the Black Friday game by way of Amazon. And I don't know about you. But when they announced that there was going to be a Black Friday game, it's going to be the first one ever played this year. I just assumed that that was a Raider home game. 
Right. And, and I was actually surprised when there was some pushback when I was talking about it on my radio show on Monday. I was like, yeah, that's going to be a Raider home game. Right. And Demond was like, um, I don't know. I think you're thinking too much into it. I think you're deep diving into it because of black and silver and black. And I was like, no, I just it just makes sense. So I'll be shocked if we find out on May 10th that the Black Friday game is not hosted by the Raiders. And honestly, I think that the Raiders should host it every single year. Similar to what you see with Dallas and Detroit on Thanksgiving, they host their games every single year. I think the Black Friday game should always be a Raider game, a Raider home game. It makes sense. The silver and black, Allegiant Stadium is all black. It's Black Friday. There's a lot of people that travel to Vegas uh, around the Thanksgiving holiday. I mean, again, it just makes all the sense in the world, but maybe I'm thinking too much into it like DeMond said I was. So we'll find out on May 10th by way of Amazon who's going to be playing in the Black Friday game. But I'm willing to, I don't want to say bet because I'm not going to lose any money, but (laughs) I, I really have a good feeling the Raiders will be involved in that Black Friday game. Also, select individual games. Again, slow drip process by the NFL. They're so good at this. May 10th on Fox and Friends and CBS Mornings, they're going to give them a couple games that they're going to announce when they are. So think about that. On May 10th on Fox and Friends and CBS Mornings, they're actually going to just go ahead and roll out a couple games. So uh, if you weren't already watching Fox and Friends in the mornings and CBS Mornings, I don't know how you all of a sudden decide, well, I better watch now so I can find out when these these games are going to be played, when you can find out the next day the whole schedule of all the teams across the league. But there you go. The NFL is going to go ahead and throw a bone to Fox and Friends and CBS Mornings on May 10th. And then on May 11th, they're going to do the same thing. They're going to throw a couple games out to the Today Show and Good Morning America. So I made the joke on my radio show on Monday. If you weren't waking up with Robin Roberts already and Michael Strahan wasn't already your guy, they don't need to, you don't need to wake up with them on May 11th just to find out a couple games. Again, you could just wait until a little bit later in the, in the afternoon and actually find out the full schedule of every team across the league. And you know on Twitter there'll be a bunch of leaks and by the time that 5 o'clock uh, Pacific time rolls around, there'll be all kind of different people that are tweeting, oh, I got the whole schedule right here except for I don't have the Week 13 game or whatever. It's always There's always so many leaks that come out on Twitter. I don't need any of that either. I'm not that guy. Maybe I'm you know getting old in my age and whatever, the get-off-my-lawn guy. I don't know, but I'll just wait. I'll just wait till the schedule comes out, and then we'll talk about it. I know I'll be doing something with Raiders.com as well as Eddie Pascal is still out, so he won't be doing upon further review this week. And I think me and Jesse Merrick were actually going to tag team the schedule release. So there'll be a lot of content coming out around the schedule, not only here on the Lockdown Raiders podcast, not only on Raider Nation Radio 920, but also Raiders.com as we'll have that covered like a glove. So that's the schedule release coming up later on this week, starting on the 10th, then the 11th, and, of course, uh, rookie minicamp is the 12th through the 14th. Also, wanted you to hear from Vic Tafer from The Athletic. I had him on my radio show on Monday, and we were talking about the Senior Bowl. He put out a really good piece about how the Raiders and Patrick Graham really took advantage of the Senior Bowl. But I had a couple questions that I wanted to ask him. I had people hitting me up asking me about a couple different subjects, including Michael Mayer, the tight end from Notre Dame. I feel like a lot of people don't like that pick because they don't feel like that that was a a good place to get him in the second round. And I had one guy hitting me up. He was sending me direct messages, and it was a kind of back-and-forth conversation. He kept saying that, yeah, but I never heard anyone talking about a tight end early, and I would push back on that. I talked about the tight end position quite a bit to the point where I thought that Darnell Washington out of Georgia was going to be a first-round pick, and I kept saying I would love to see Darnell Washington added to the Raiders. I don't think that they're going to draft a tight end in the first round, but if he drops to the second round, I'd have no problem uh, him getting selected there. He didn't go in the second round, but Michael Mayer was there out of Notre Dame, and many people believed he was the best tight end in the draft. So I thought we talked about the tight end on the show quite a bit. And of course I have people that tell me, Oh, you never said that. 
not true. You just didn't hear that show, which is okay. I don't expect you to listen to every show or, or watch every show on YouTube, whatever the case may be. But I did ask Vic Tafer about Michael Mayer and what was the gap between him and the next drafted tight end. And it's funny what Vic's thoughts were because he put a piece out about like 11 different tight ends that the Raiders could look at. But here's interesting thoughts from Vic on Michael Mayer. I'll tell you what, I did a big story on all the tight ends in the draft before the draft started, like which guys raised my target. And I totally blew off Mayer because you know what? I could get him in the first round. So forget about him. I didn't even talk about him. Maybe one <laughs> sentence about him. I went to the other 11 guys in depth. So that tells you uh, my, my draft thought. I thought he'd be gone. So I thought I could get where if he's there in round two. I guess they try to trade back in round one to get him, but I couldn't do it. So, uh, you know, there's some uh, some poor man's Gronk comparison. He's a guy who can make the short line, you know, short guard's catches. He's tough after the catch. He can block a little bit. So you have all the tools you want in terms of a Patriots. Raiders slash tight end nowadays. So I think it's, uh, you got to replace Darren Waller. You need a guy who can make plays in a different way than Darren, but definitely a playmaker in his own way. So I get it. I think he's definitely a big time weapon. Uh, for their offense. So I thought that's pretty funny that Vic didn't even write in his piece about the tight ends about Michael Mayer because he just knew, well, one, the Raiders weren't taking a tight end in round one, and two, they would have no chance at Michael Mayer. That kind of gives you an idea uh, of how big of the gap it is between Michael Mayer and the next uh, tight end that was actually selected in round two. And look, there was multiple tight ends selected in round two, but none of them had the production of Michael Mayer. So again, I know that everyone wants defense, 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 including me. I want to make sure that they continue to develop that defense, but man, that Michael Mayor selection I think is going to be a really good one and it's going to help the defense because it'll keep the offense on the field so you know one way that the defense doesn't have to worry about anything is if they're not on the field and I'm not sliding them like saying they, they stink so they're so bad just keep them off the field but Michael Mayer is going to keep drives alive he's going to also help out in the red zone and that's a tight end is something that Jimmy G is going to want to throw the ball to get the ball to him quickly plus he can block I mean I just think that that is a win-win-win situation uh you know Teams always talk about the best player available. We talked about it quite a bit here on the show. That's a really good player. Don't be ashamed, and I'm not saying you are, but don't be ashamed that the Raiders drafted a really good player at the beginning of round two, even traded up for him to pick number 35. One more soundbite from Vic Tafer, and that's on the Hunter Renfro contract situation. I've talked about it a few times on the show that Spotrack.com and OverTheCap.com, they have two different numbers for Hunter Renfro if he's released or traded, and there actually is, and I have to correct myself, there's actually a spot on Spotrack.com for a trade post June 1st. And there is a little drop down that I didn't see at first, but it was pointed out to me multiple times on Monday on Twitter. But it's still different. The The number is still different on Spotrack as it is to overthecap.com. So I'm not 100% sure which one is accurate. So I asked Vic about that situation. So here's the question and Vic's answer. But Vic, you mentioned, you know, the post June 1st when it comes to Hunter Renfro. And I'm so confused by this. And what I mean is, if I look at Spotrack.com, which I've looked at multiple times, it says one thing post June 1st for Hunter Renfro and his contract. Then I look at overthecap.com and it says something much lower, like only a one point something million dollar cap hit if he's traded after June 1st. Do you know which one is accurate? actually true or which one is more accurate than the other i don't but i do i do know that it is uh definitely less i think i think the, the one that the 1.1 1. 1 is that's closer yeah. to the truth than the other one i think i think there's the truth somewhere in the middle i think these contracts are not um widely known but from what i've been told there is a less of that cap hit after june 1st and who, who knows that doesn't mean will trade them but i just think that they were going to it makes more sense to do it uh, after june 1st so there you go right there and vic just says you know like like you said heard him say he doesn't know if uh, Hunter is going to get traded, but if he were to get traded, it would make sense post-June 1st. And again, overthecap.com says it's only a $1.8 million dead, dead cap hit and a savings of $11 million if it's a trade post-June 1st. And Spotrack.com, I don't know the exact number. I have to look it up again, but it's not the exact same. So 
somebody's off, but he kind of feels like it's somewhere in the middle if, in fact, he's going to get traded. And that doesn't mean that he is because there is a world where uh, Trey Tucker and Hunter Renfro could definitely be on the team at the same time and Trey Tucker focus in on, on kick returns and punt returns and Hunter Renfro concentrate on being the slot receiver and maybe Trey Tucker be a gadget guy as well. So uh, there's that. But just kind of want to try to clarify that. And I know a lot of people have been trying to reach out and solve the mystery. I don't think anyone has an exact idea of you know the, the the savings or the cap hit that it would take if Hunter Renfro was to get moved. But we'll see what happens. And again, if we do see anything that happens, it'll most likely be post-June 1st. So that's what I got for you for segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Coming up in segment number two, going to continue with our profile of Raiders players that are added this offseason. Undrafted free agent Dalton Wagner from Arkansas. He was a priority offensive lineman selected and, and signed immediately after the draft got wrapped up. We'll uh, break down uh, all things Dalton Wagner coming up in segment number two, and we'll get to that right after I tell you about the title sponsor of the show. And as I mentioned at the top, that this episode of the Locked On Raiders podcast is brought to you by BetterHelp. And a lot of times in life, it is easy to get caught up in what everyone else needs from you, right? You never take a moment to really think about what you need from yourself. But when we spend all of our time giving, you can give you that feeling stretched thin feeling, that burned out feeling, that sad feeling, that incomplete feeling, right? It just, it kind of leaves you in a daze or sometimes even in a fog. And I know I've been guilty of that. I'm sure that we all have, right? A lot of us are, are give, 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 give and go, right? And then don't even really think that, hey, we might be burning ourselves out. So therapy can give you the tool to find more balance in your life so you can keep supporting others without leaving yourself behind. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you got to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. It's real, real simple. Find more balance in your life with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOn today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash LockedOn. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we go. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Time to jump into another deep dive. Want to do another profile about players that the Raiders have added this offseason, either by way of free agency or by way of the draft. And one guy that was signed immediately after the draft was over was offensive lineman Dalton Wagner from Arkansas. I had on my radio show Andrew Hutchinson from Best of Arkansas Sports on Monday on Raider Nation Radio 920, uh, Unnecessary Roughness. And we did a deep dive on Dalton Wagner. We started off with me just asking if he was surprised that Wagner went undrafted. I wasn't too surprised. I mean, he does have some injury history. That was his biggest deal at Arkansas, was just being able to stay on the field, had some back issues. And as an offensive lineman, that's not a, uh, a good thing to be dealing with. Uh, but, you know, when he was on the field and healthy, he was very effective. Um, I think there are some limitations. I think they, they really only viewed him as a right tackle. Okay. You know, there was a couple of years where, uh, there, there was some question marks at left tackle, and we would always ask Sam Pittman or whoever the coach was at the time, because you know, I think he, when when Dalton Wagner signed with Arkansas, I'm pretty sure it was still under Brett Bielema. Yeah, it was. And then yep. he played for Chad Morris, <laughs> and then Sam Pittman. But every time we asked the coaches, like, "Hey, is would could Dalton sw- slide over, you know, swap sides and go to left tackle?" And it was always like, "Yeah, we really like him at right tackle." So I kind of see him as uh, as kind of a right tackle only guy. Uh, so I wasn't necessarily surprised that he got, you know, went undrafted. Uh, but I, you know, I also wasn't surprised that, that a team really kind of 
wanted to, to swoop him up, uh, reel him in right after the draft because he does have some talent and you know if he can if he can stay healthy and it sounds like he's as healthy as he, he's been uh talked to him at pro day uh, about a month or so ago and uh he that was his thing is like you know I've, I've taken some time off i've gotten my body right gotten healthy and uh, i think that's gonna work wonders for him making a potentially making an NFL roster. Well, I'll tell you what, at six foot nine, 330 plus pounds, I mean, he looks like a monster of a dude. Of course, he's got the WWE NIL deal. He could be a, a wrestler if he <laughs> wants to be. Would you say that injuries are really his biggest issue, or is there anything else that you could say, okay, uh, this is an area of his game he needs to improve as well? I think he could stand to improve as a, a pass protector. I think that's maybe another one of the, the knocks on him. I mean, he wasn't just god-awful or anything, mm-hmm. but... He also wasn't as good as he was maybe in the, the, the run blocking game, you know, opening up holes. And, you know, that's what was a lot of what Arkansas's offense was based on was, you know, being able to run the ball. And, and he was a huge key in that. Uh, but he could probably improve as a, as a pass blocker. Uh, but I think injuries are probably the number one kind of red flag with him. Uh, but if he can be healthy, I, I think he's definitely got the, the abilities uh, to make a roster, if nothing else, make a practice squad, and then who knows what happens. You know, Arkansas had a an offensive tackle, uh, you know, from a few years back under Sam Pittman uh, when he was the offensive line coach here, named Dan Skipper, who was on a practice squad. You know, played a snap here or there, and then last season he finally got an opportunity after oh gosh, it's probably been five years in the NFL, mostly on practice squads. He he gets a chance to start for the Detroit Lions, so. Uh, maybe that's a, kind of a similar career path. I think he's uh, got the skill set and ability to kind of stick for sure. Again, we're talking with Andrew Hutchinson here, talking all things Dalton Wagner, Raider Nation Radio 920. The Raiders signed Wagner as an undrafted free agent following the draft, and he's got a lot of snaps that he's played. I mean, the guy is, what, 24, 25 years old, so he's been uh, in, in college for quite a while, played under multiple coaches. How much do you think that that experience and all those snaps that he got in college will kind of help him adapt to maybe to the NFL a little bit quicker? Yeah, he was uh, he was one of those sixty-year guys. Thanks to COVID, he got that extra year of eligibility uh, and, and came back and used it. And yeah, he's played a ton of snaps uh, under multiple offensive coordinators uh, and also in the SEC. I think that's a, the biggest thing is he's gone up against some premier edge rushers, uh, guys that are are in the NFL now. Uh, so he's got the experience. I think that only you know prepped him, made him better. And also, I mean, he 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 played for Sam Pittman. I think that that is probably the biggest kind of compliment you can give somebody uh, for an offensive lineman is, you know, you've learned and started under Sam Pittman. That's, that's a guy that knows offensive line play a lot more than, than I do. And uh, he liked Dalton Wagner. I mean, actually I say he loved Dalton Wagner. He was one of his favorite guys just by the way he talked about him. So uh, I think that that speaks volumes in my opinion. So uh, I think, I think that definitely is a, a, a plus for him and uh, we'll, we'll give him at least a shot to, to make it in the NFL. You know, I saw where he was voted a, a captain to start the 2022 season or right before the 2022 season. So how much does that say for his leadership of what the rest of the team thought about him? Oh, yeah, he's he's a big time leader. He's a vocal guy, a guy that really kind of commands the room. I mean, it helps being six foot nine, 330 right. something pounds, like you said, <laughs> uh, and, and the hair that he has or anything. I mean, he's he's a he's a commanding presence. And also, if if you or anyone else in the media has an opportunity to talk to him, you'll really enjoy it because he's he's great with the media, very well-spoken. Uh, guys respect him. 
so I, I think that also, you know, it, it helps him as well. I mean, he's a guy that's not going to, he's going to know his role. You know, he's not going to come in and just be like, Hey, I'm, I'm a guy I need to, to take over or whatever. He's going to know his role, but he's also going to, whenever he speaks up, it's going to, it's going to mean something. Uh, he, he's, he's, a just a really, a really good guy for, for one. And I'm, personally, I'm happy for him that he's getting an opportunity. Uh, there was a time when I wasn't sure he was because of those back issues. Uh, so for him to get this opportunity is just really awesome just because of how, uh, you know, I, I know uh, just his, his story and everything. He's, he's a guy that, that deserves the opportunity and, I'm really looking forward to seeing what he does. Again, we're talking with Andrew Hutchinson, best of Arkansas sports here on Raider Nation Radio 920, talking about Dalton Wagner. And I remember that cold day in Fayetteville. He allowed two sacks against Alabama. Was that, in your opinion, kind of the rough day that he had throughout the 2022 season? Well, I, I, I would have to say there's a lot of people out there that have had rough days against yeah, Alabama. True. <laughs> uh, that, that, that's just part of it. But, yeah, I mean, he – there were there were some ups and downs, but I mean, for the most part, I mean, you look at you know Pro Football Focus grades and all that kind of stuff. For the most part, he did okay. He did pretty well, pretty solid. That was part of what was a pretty much a, a really good offensive line. The, the offensive line as a whole kind of faltered down the stretch. Um, not really sure what exactly led to that. It was one of the more bizarre kind of uh, storylines in the last few games of the season. But uh, for the most part, Dalton Wagner, I thought, held his own and uh, graded out well whenever he was in there. And, and again, Sam Pittman always spoke really highly of him and never really, you know, there were, there were times some other guys on the line, he would, he would mention like, Hey, so-and-so has got to step up, whatever. And uh, really for the most part, Dalton Wagner uh, was not one of those guys. He he usually was doing what he did, but again, you're going to give up a sack here or there, especially against a team like Alabama and, uh, I think that was just kind of the, the case there. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. We'll finish up on a high note. I mean, Arkansas ran for over 3,000 yards, right? Had over 6,000 yards of offensive production. Uh, how big was he in the run game as far as, the, you know, the run blocker uh, helping Raheem Sanders have big season? Yeah, Rocket Sanders ran for over like 1,400 yards, something like that. And, and honestly, the, the running back room as a whole was was really is really, really talented. I think one of the more talented uh, position groups on the, the team and I think the offensive line, uh, both Dalton Wagner, Ricky Stromberg at center, you know, got drafted by Washington, uh, and some other guys that, that were on that unit, uh, played a huge role in that. Um, I, I think that was uh, a big thing. And plus, I mean, you also got to look at KJ Jefferson, the quarterback also mm-hmm. ran for, for some solid numbers as well. A uh, huge part of that run game. And, uh, you know, I think, I think Kendall Bryles, the former now former offensive coordinator had a lot to do with that. But again, you have to have the offensive line. That was one of the the things I think Arkansas fans were most frustrated with, you know, under the previous regime before Sam Pittman got here is that the offensive line was not up to SEC standards. And, and Dalton Wagner was part of that. I mean, honestly, he was, he was one of the guys that played under the previous coach and Dalton, you know, Sam Pittman comes in and turns Dalton Wagner into a guy that can get signed as a priority free agent uh, in the NFL. Something that I at you know, four years ago didn't think those anywhere even close to being possible so uh, I think that's a, a credit to, to Sam Pittman but also credit to Dalton Wagner and his work he put in uh, as well and, and you know being a, a big part of of what they did last year and honestly I would say Arkansas was an elite offense when KJ Jefferson was on the field you look at the the numbers whenever he you know wasn't out with an injury or, or clearly not 100 percent and they were like a top 10 top 20 offense in the country and again, a lot of that boils down to what, what Arkansas did up front. Dalton Linder was a huge part of that. 
Andrew, I know you said that he played on the right side, uh, right tackle. Is there any potential that he could kick inside the right guard as well, or is he kind of versatile in that in that scenario? You know, I, I'm trying to remember. I don't know if he ever really did that much at Arkansas. Uh, he's a guy that would give it a shot for sure. I mean, mm-hmm. he's not going to be totally resistant to it. Uh, he's a smart guy, I think. So, I mean, he's he would definitely have the mental capacity to do it. Um, he would be pretty big as a yeah, guard at, right. at six foot nine. <laughs> um, but I, I think there's some some durability and flexibility there with him uh, that he would at least be able to to give it a shot. But I I, I truly see him more as a, a right tackle uh, in, in at the next level. But who knows? I mean, you, people have surprised me before. So there you go. It's a little bit of background right there. A little bit of deep dive into Dalton Wagner, the offensive lineman from Arkansas, a guy that's got a big body. You know, if he's going to fill any void for the silver and black, most likely it's going to be that right tackle position. But at least he's more competition in camp and so that's what I'm excited about is the competition part of things I also had on my radio show on Monday a guy that uh, joined the show to talk about McClendon Curtis also an offensive lineman that the Raiders signed immediately after the draft by way of Chattanooga so maybe I'll bring that uh, conversation to the program on tomorrow's show but I just wanted to go ahead and start off with Dalton Wagner since he was the top priority he was the first one signed by the silver and black coming up in segment number three your calls and texts draft that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line 707-654-4693 this is the Locked On Raiders podcast. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here we go, Raider Nation. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Your calls and text draft that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. Let's start things off with a call from Raider B in the 757. He's calling to talk about the draft, talks about giving Ziegler and McDaniels a chance, and tells you why. Here he is, Raider B in the 757. Hey, Q, Raider B here in Minneapolis. Uh, hey, just listen to your Friday podcast. Great show as always. Um, I just had to say I'm getting a little depressed uh, listening to a bunch of the calls and the callers. Um, uh, I'm with you, Raider Nation. We all have kind of low expectations and after all the poor drafts. But um, the draft's over, everyone. I mean, like you said today, Q, I mean, we don't have to care what all the media outlets say. But for once, it's nice to be graded a B, B plus uh, instead of a C minus, a D, an F. Um, that's worth something. But more importantly, I, I mean, I think it's a pretty solid draft, and let, let's give it a chance. Um, and let's also give McDaniels and Ziegler a chance. Yeah, they came in last year, had a bad year. Um, but now we have a full draft. We're trying something different at quarterback. Love Derek Carr, but but uh, they made a change. Um, I'm feeling good. I'm trying to feel positive. I know I just sound like I got my silver and black uh, glasses on, but, uh, you know, I, none of us are going anywhere. I'm pretty sure of that. We're, we're solid. So uh, let's stick with it and see what it brings, Raider Nation. Uh, one other thing, uh, Q, John McClain was on uh, the day you couldn't be in there. I think it was Demond, and he, he had a great story about just your story coming from Texas radio and you know all the all the things you've done in the past to where you're at now and uh, I just thought that was really cool so anyways props to you Q keep up the great work peace out Raider Nation thank you so much for the call Raider B I appreciate you and 
That's kind of all I've been saying. Let's just see how this thing plays out. Again, it's it's only May, right? I mean, when the games start happening, I think we'll get a good idea of what we're in store store for, right? People have asked me what my my uh, prediction is for wins and losses, and it's so tough right now. I really don't know. I mean, we hell, we haven't even seen training camp yet. So I, I really have no idea. So I just kind of want to sit back and, you know, I'm just trying to remain calm and just want to see how everything's put together and what their plan is, right? We've been talking about their plan for the longest, I just want to see how they believe that it's going to unfold and what they believe that they're going to do this year, this upcoming season. And so I, I just been kind of waiting and chilling, but I get it. I understand why Raider Nation is fired up and upset and, and you know, frustrated. And that's really what it's all about is just the frustration of years on top of years of underachieving and not playing to the level that any of us, including myself, would like to see, especially uh, after last season when I expected going into the season, the team would be really good, right? I thought that they were going to be better than they were in 2021. And instead, they took a step back so that was kind of like a kick in the stones but I get it so for me I'm just going to take that wait and see approach but I understand why Redder Nation is, is frustrated my big thing the only thing I've ever been trying to say is don't fight with each other right that's that's been my whole thing but again that that kind of falls on death ears at times as well so uh, Raider B thanks for that call my man good stuff and it's great to uh it's great to hear from you and hopefully uh, this this staff and this team gives Raider Nation exactly what they deserve this upcoming year up next, got a text from Raiderette Lizette. Hey Q, Raiderette Lizette here. I've been watching your show for a few months now and I appreciate everything you do for the nation. I had a question I was hoping you could answer. I'd like to take my nine-year-old son to training camp if possible. Do you know if we could attend or do we have to be season ticket holders in the tour in order to attend training camp? I appreciate whatever info you can provide. Raiders. That's from Raiderette Lizette. And thank you for the text. I definitely appreciate you chiming in. Thanks for checking out the show as well. And what I remember from training camp, and I'll get some clarification as well and bring it back to the show. What I remember from training camp last year is season ticket holders. There was a group of season ticket holders that were invited uh, at certain days. You know, I mean, it's like not everybody was invited the same day. They had multiple days where different season ticket holders were invited to go out to training camp. And then I also know that sponsors like corporate sponsors uh, had a day as well that they were allowed or multiple days that they were allowed but I'll find out uh, the exact clarification on who's going to be allowed to be at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center and check out training camp and then I'll bring it back uh, plenty of time believe me in plenty of time for uh, for you know training camp to get started which obviously doesn't get started for quite a while but uh, thank you so much for that tech and like text and like I said once I get the full clarification I'll definitely bring it back to the show. Next up, got a call from Raider Ed from Rancho Cucamongo. He's calling to talk about Max Crosby and Chandler Jones and the fact he feels Max Crosby may be a little overrated. Here he is, Raider Ed from Rancho Cucamonga. Hello, Q. This is Raider Ed from Rancho Cucamonga here in Southern California. Hey, Q, I want to talk about Max Crosby. Uh, they're talking about that he is, uh, you know, the best defensive player on the team, and he's a team leader, a dog, all that good stuff. But let me give you a little bit of some facts here. He had 12 and a half sacks. The first five games he had six the next 12 he had six and a half he had four sacks against the broncos uh, out of the last six and a half sacks he had the last 12 games he was unblocked one time a second time he had a small tight end on him he beat him he's rarely double teamed and he anyway i think he's overrated I think Chandler Jones got a bad rap. A lot of the double teams went everywhere else, at least later in the season. And when we needed a big sack in those close games at the end of the year, Q, I was waiting second half. Come on, you're the man. 
do something, and it didn't happen to you. This is Raider Ed, Rancho Cucamonga. Love your show. Go Raiders. Just win, baby. Raider Ed, thanks for the call, my man. I appreciate you, and I got to say, I disagree 100%, <laughs> right? I mean, you said that Max Crosby is rarely double-teamed. I would say he's often double-teamed. Uh, he's often gets the most attention from everyone on the offensive line, the opposing offensive line. Uh, he gets chipped from the running back. I mean, he gets a lot of attention all the time. Most of the time, the other team says, don't let that guy wreck the game, right? And there's certain games and certain teams, as you pointed out, that he's had a lot more success, and he gets sacks and bunches. But that's kind of what sacks do. If you look at the real good pass rushers, a lot of times – Sacks comes in bunches. They'll come in three or four at a time. You know, get four in two games or three in, in four games or whatever the case may be, and then they'll go on a, a little bit of a drought, right? I mean, it's just it's not that easy to get them. And the other thing is, and I agree with you, that there's a lot of times towards the end of the game that you say, okay, I want to see Max Crosby come up with that big play, close out the game, similar to what Khalil Mack did in 2016 where he was the, the defensive player of the year. The problem is that Max Crosby plays the whole stinging game, so he's not fresh at the end of the game. Right. I mean, even going back to like that Rams game, that Thursday night, I mean, he's clearly being held in the end zone. If they call that that penalty, that's a safety as two more points. The Raiders win that game. He closed that out, but they didn't call it. You can't always depend on the officials. But I mean, he was he was dog tired and he made a play. But Jerry Tillery had a penalty as well. Right. So that's multiple plays he made on that drive. So I don't think he's overrated at all. If you go back and look at what he did last year in 2022, he played almost eleven hundred snaps. That's way too much. So I say that to say with Tyree Wilson, the addition to him, Chandler Jones, other guys that they brought in, you know, they have a little bit of versatility to them. Maybe Max doesn't have to play as many snaps and then he could be that guy because I do think that's the next step in him being the defensive player that he wants to be is being able to close out games. So I wouldn't say he's overrated. I would actually say that every team focuses 100% on him. So that just kind of makes him even that more highly rated because they know there's one dude on the Raiders right now that could wreck a game, and that would be Mad Max Crosby. But thank you so much uh, for that text or that call, and let's see. Let's see if he's able to take that next step this, this year because he's always, always working on his craft. So, again, thank you for your call. We'll close out with a text from Raider fan in the 805. He says, hey, Q, curious to hear what you think about this, and maybe it could be a segment. Based on the sample size, we have some of the late-round undrafted guys from last year's draft who has the potential to break out and steal a starting spot. Guys like Sam Webb, Darian Butler, Luke Masterson, uh, Polamoa. Love the pod. Thanks, Q. That's from Raider Fan in the 805. So who out of the undrafted free agents could steal a spot this year? I think Sam Webb potentially has a, a, a chance. Uh, I think that the secondary competition is going to be deep in camp, and that's why I think that he has an opportunity. And then the linebacking core, Darian Butler, Luke Masterson, uh, they seem to like a lot what Luke Masterson brought to the table. So I think he would probably have a step uh, ahead of Darian Butler, but you never know. Now that they've had a year under their belt, you saw Masterson get quite a bit of burn, especially towards the end of the season last year. So I think that probably Luke Masterson, Sam Webb, those are probably the two guys that I'd focus in on the most that have a chance to really make an impact. But there's also going to be undrafted free agents this year that have a chance to make an impact as well. But the good thing, I think, is that the competition in training camp is going to be huge, right? And so uh, if you make that 53-man roster, I feel like you really, really earned that spot moving forward. So we'll see uh, which one of these guys really steps up and, and has a big impact. But if I had to bet on it right now on May 9th, I'd say Sam Webb and Luke Masterson probably have a lead in the clubhouse for undrafted free agents that could take that next step this year in camp and then leading into 
the regular season. So that's all I got for you for today's show. Definitely appreciate you as always. All the feedback on the Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line 707-654-4693. Coming up tomorrow, we'll have more news and notes of the day. We'll see if we can continue to do our deep diving on players that the Raiders have added this offseason, either by way of the draft or as a free agent as well. And of course, we'll get more calls and texts straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line. So until then, Raider Nation, take care of yourself, take care of your family, love on your family. Most importantly, as always, just win, baby.